Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Life in the Weeds. My name is Alex Ballou. Today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Chef Edgar Victoria. Edgar was my sous chef while Dallas and Jane was open, and over the last year, he has pivoted to open his own food concept called Alabrije, which is located in Nashville. Edgar is from Mexico City. He is talented. He is thoughtful. He is kind. He is incredibly creative. He makes amazing food, and I cannot wait to see the future of Alabrije. Please enjoy this episode with Chef Edgar Victoria. So it's been a weird year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, around this time, we were still working together. Yep. And I mean, you're still in my kitchen, but <laughs> we're not working together anymore. Uh, tell everybody, you know, what are you doing? What, what what is the what is Edgar Victoria killing right now? Uh, I have a little Mexican concept going on. Uh, it's called Alberje, uh, spelled A L E B R I J E. <laughs> yes, it's it's a hell of a name. So good good luck um, <laughs> trying to pronounce that. But I've been told by uh, several friends, including Alex, don't change it. You know, then don't uh, change uh, it. Leave it as is. You know, make people wonder what that is. Um, well, for Americans, it's a very it's different, you know. I'd never heard of it. You told me what it was a year ago, and I was like, what the hell are huh? you talking about? <laughs> I was like, say it again. Say it, write it on the board. I can't. I don't know what you're saying. But, I mean, tell, tell everybody what it is. Like, what, what does Alabrije mean? What does it stand for? Alabrije is pretty much um, creatures. Uh, mythological. Is that how you say Mythological. Mythological. Yeah, however you say that. Um, Creatures, they, they do not exist. Um, they're from ni- the, the 1930s. They were uh, created by a man in Mexico City. He had a weird uh, dream, and he woke up, and he decided to draw one out. And then since then, uh, it's pretty much fol- folklore art in Mexico um, in the whole region, not just the city itself. Uh, so that's that, and you can, if you wonder what it looked like, they, they could pretty much be anything. It could be a horse with a chicken head and wings and, you know, whatever. If your brain can imagine it, it's an alabrije. Yes, like, you can you can make an alabrije. Go wild. Especially, <laughs> you know. <laughs> depending on I, I, what state of mind you're in. Yeah, depending on what... what you took before trying to come up with another brigade. Pretty sure that or, dream or was not a sober what, dream. What you're into. Right. I, I think he got sick. I think he got he had fever and he got sick and that's how uh, I mean that's 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 what we know, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We we have no idea what what was really happening with him. Um, that was ninety years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like uh, as a kid, uh, walking around the streets of Mexico, um, Mexico City, that is. I remember seeing all these little art creatures hanging off uh, tents of uh, food stands and vendors, street vendor, vendors. And I just, uh, last year after the pandemic, uh, I, I just felt like that was the 
that was the name. Um, I, love, I, was, I love it. I, I think I was very focused on what the food was going to look like. I knew. I knew once I decided what I wanted to do, I knew what the food was going to be like. I knew what I wanted to do exactly uh, food-wise as a cook. And the name, I was just like, oh, yeah, what am I going to call this thing? You know, that, that was the... the, the it, it might be the hardest thing for people when they do try to create a concept. You know, you, you walk around, you cook, you drive around, you read, and you're kind of waiting for... Uh, something like that one clue that lets you know oh this is it i'm gonna call it this because a b and c um and i think i just sat at home and i just had like i knew what i wanted to do with the food and while i was thinking about the food i was like it needs to be uh very mexico street food because that's really that's what i enjoy cooking uh and eating and I was like, I need to love it in order for me to, to share this with all these people. And as soon as I was thinking what the concept was going to be like food-wise, uh, I had this flashback of me being a kid and my dad taking me to the market uh, to eat all the snacks, right? Tacos and seafood. I know it sounds weird, seafood at the market, but... It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. You know, it's a thing down there. Uh, and I had that flashback, and I remember seeing all these figures on tents, and I was like, oh, that's another brihe. That's what I'm going to call it. You know, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. There's, when I thought about it, I knew it. I was like, there's nothing to think about. That's what I'm going to call this concept. And your branding that's what we is call it. <laughs> yeah, and your branding is definitely, you know, you know it when you see it. It's got like a... It's got like a death metal vibe sometimes, and sometimes it's colorful. It's like you got the Grim Reaper holding a, a sickle on your on your hoodies, and it's very it's very you. It's very <laughs> you. I mean, it is. It's just it's fitting. That's um, that's another thing that I, I really wanted to make sure um, we we did a good job with. Um, I think I wanted to go with the logo. I, I wanted to go with something very, uh, you know, me. Like, it, it, I feel like it needs to be skateboarding theme. Uh, Luchador masks. Like, yeah, almost like Santa Cruz, which is a skateboard company, and, and Powell Perata, and th those kind of things. Like, you, just brands that I that I liked uh, when I was a kid. But then, we, we um, my homie, which is Chris, um, who is the one behind the logo, and the shirt as well, uh, we both talked about it and you know we're like well we need we need to do something different you know we need to do a logo that people see and they're like i've seen that like i don't i don't know what that is i don't know how to pronounce it but i've seen it like i know i've seen it somewhere <laughs> you know i've seen it somewhere and it's happened uh you know not not that often but it's happened a few times where i'm Shopping around in Nashville, and people just, you know, point at my shirt, uh, and they're like, I've seen that logo, what's that mean? And then I just give them a brief, you know, explanation of what it means and what we do. I mean, branding is so important, especially in today's world. Like, you think about 
the Apple logo, the Nike swoosh, the Chick-fil-A chicken. You see those things and you immediately know what you're mm-hmm. getting into. You know you're going to get a quality product. You're going to get an expensive shoe. You're going to get the Lord's chicken, whatever it's going to be. You know when you see those logos. And so when I see yours, I mean, I immediately start thinking about huaraches and sopes <laughs> and, and the tiniest tacos but have such incredible flavor involved and um what was it like growing up in mexico city as a kid i mean and when did you move to the states <laughs> um it was different uh, very different uh I, I was able to see I, I was very lucky i was always around food um Ever since I was a little kid, I was around food in, in the streets of Mexico. Pretty much when you grow up in Mexico, you're going to be surrounded by food 24-7. At home, outside at home, on every single corner. I mean, you try to take a little trip to school, you're going to see vendors, hundreds, before you even get to school. So we've got Walgreens and CVS, and y'all have got food. Oh, no, it's, it's worse than that. <laughs> like it's, it's worse than that. You can't even walk five minutes without seeing to ten street vendors it's 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 thing it's almost like uh, it's its own world uh yeah i mean if you watch documentaries about uh, countries in in south america or europe the lifestyle it's completely different it's a little more houses so close to each other and villages with you know an insane amount of population per village uh it, it's just very different uh, takes the idea of community to a whole other level, though, from yeah. what we're used to. I mean, yeah, I mean, here you got to have a car. Without the car, you can't really do anything. Right. Yeah, so spread you, out. You got public transportation, but it can only do so much. Uh, whereas down there, the economy is so bad that you, you got to have, you, you know, that transportation, and that could be a bicycle. I mean, it's it's similar to New York. Um, dense Mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy Uh, heavy traffic heavy food traffic so i was very lucky to be around food 24 7 including school Uh, even in school we had street vendors that kind of tells you you know that's awesome (laughs) how was it it was it was uh i was eating little caesar's breadsticks in school (laughs) you've got like homemade tortillas for school it's crazy well that's that's the thing that changed with uh with years i'll get to that later but I was I was in the I was in Mexico City, a huge city, uh, and then on on summers I would visit my family, mainly cousins and aunts, uh, uncles, whatnot. Uh, they lived in the countryside of Mexico, uh, in a state uh, called Hidalgo, uh, and it was the same uh, food-wise. Uh, I think it was. Very different. Uh, seeing my, seeing the part of uh, my family that doesn't belong to the city, just doing everything completely different. I mean, they, they're drinking water out of a river, and they're like hunting, and you know that seeing like all these cornfields, and, and they were growing like all this crazy stuff, including mushrooms and. Uh, it was just it, back then. I took it for granted, and it was just different. And I, I liked the city. I was like, I want to go back to the city <laughs> where it's noises, it's a little music, too country for me. Like, yes, yes. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yes, that's that's what it was. Uh, but it was, you know, the first time I saw my my cousins drinking water out of the river. I'm like, what are you <laughs> What's doing? What's wrong you know? with you? And yeah, I mean, it was just a country life. So so. Com- I can't see very, you doing that. No, I mean shoveling hay, <laughs> <laughs> splitting firewood. Yes, they had me doing that. Too. They, they had me doing that. Uh, uh, Mom, can we go home now? This has been great. Yeah, I think in the beginning I was like, "This is this is good." And like, they would go to sleep so early. They because they're they're just dead. Yeah, they're they, so gassed they from go, working all day long, <laughs> drinking river water. They go to sleep at eight, and I was like, "This is this is like when I leave home to like go play soccer with my you know with my friends in Mexico City, like." You know, I don't go to bed till one or two a.m. Yeah, but they're also waking up at four thirty. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so different. Um, the the food the food was amazing. The food, how they how they value you know food. It's I think that's what I took with me. Uh, I still do. I still think about all those things uh, every time we do a dish with talabrije. Uh, we might not do a perfect job. As I wish we could, but we're not a. Nah, you're killing. We're it. not a restaurant yet, but every time we do a dish, I try to take one of those memories and make a dish based on that one memory. If, if, uh, for instance, my memory is, well, when I was in Mexico City, there was a place that was fully dedicated to rostizori chicken, and they used to save the necks, and this is what they did, and I think it was delicious. Uh, how can I do something similar? Uh, yeah, obviously, I'm not going to serve people chicken necks. But like, how do we? You would try. <laughs> you would try. I, I would put a stick on them. <laughs> I mean, you you are definitely not a fan of food waste. I mean, you were back here at Dallas and Jane fermenting kale stems and like, hey, try this. I'm good, man. I'm not. I don't want to <laughs> try this. You would save everything. There were baggies of cryovac everything back there. I mean, we had. Lexans of cryovac fermented this and cogified that. And I was like, what the holy shit are you doing? <laughs> You're like, I didn't want to waste it and throw it away. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely some of those things that I still use nowadays. That's awesome, um, though. You make some amazing flavors out of what most people would consider trash. And, yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, that, was, that was food in Mexico. Uh, my family have had uh, living in the States since the 80s, uh, mainly my mom's side of uh, family. So it was uh, almost a bit of a no-brainer for me to move to the States. Uh, completely different. My, my family had been here for a few years, and then... I'm sure there was no culture shock whatsoever. No, I, I think, no. <laughs> Same food vendors running all over the place. Yeah, no, food's I, way different here, though. We didn't really. Va- I mean, we've America has started to value food, especially Nashville. We've we've totally changed, right? But when you first moved here, it was not a culinary destination. N- no, I, but I, I think uh, I was ten years old, and I think just just being at such, you know, at at that age. Uh, that, that was the list of my concerns. You know, right. the, the food scene or street vendors, uh, I think the main one was the language. Learning you know? English. Yeah, exactly. Like mo- moving to a completely different country and then like, cool, you kind of left everything behind. Well, not everything, but friends and right. culture. 
whatnot, and then you hear and you're like, cool, well, you, you know, it didn't click in me until I was like, well, I'm just going to go out and meet some people and talk to them and make friends because that's, that's just what I do. And the first thing is, like, the, the houses are not, like, so close to each other as they are down there. And then uh, I don't speak English, so I'm like, how am I going to make, make friends? And you don't see, it's just like the lifestyle is completely different. Um, you know, you don't see people on the streets playing soccer because that's what they do down there. They just they cover a street and they are, they decide to play soccer in the middle of the street. Uh, do you think people are as friendly and outgoing here? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that that was the first one. Uh, I, I didn't obviously. You know, that that was that, and then went to middle school, picked up on the language. Uh, How long did it take you to, like, fully learn English? I, I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of that. <laughs> I think it was, like, um, I think in the beginning was a, a little tough, maybe. I'm saying maybe because, like, I've always been the kind that just, I don't care. You but know? you go back and forth. You transition. I mean, we were on the line. You and Efren would just be going back and forth in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't know what in the hell y'all are saying. Uh, English. <laughs> I couldn't keep up. But I think uh, I, I was never afraid. And I think that's a big one if you're trying to learn, if you're trying to learn a new skill uh, such as uh, a language or cooking. Uh, if you care about what people might say, you know, and I think that's a big one if you're trying to pick up on the language. Uh, oh, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to say this because, like, if I'm not saying it right. Right. Yeah, people might make fun of me. So I, I never had that issue because I was always, like, I always had been that way since I was a little kid. Like, I, I just don't care. So I would, I would try to talk to people because I, I really wanted to make friends. Because I, I always been like that. I like, I like connecting with people. I like getting to know people, and I like, I just like to have friends and hang out, hang out with a lot of people. Uh, I wanted to be in the soccer team as well, and there there were so many things that I wanted to do. I wanted to um, adapt myself as as close as possible to to where my home is now, compared to reject it. You're like, oh, I, I don't like it here. I actually ended up liking it a lot. Um, so, yeah, I would say it took me, I think once I hit <coughs> uh, freshman in high school, I felt uh, I felt good about it. Uh, I, I don't think uh, my, the language was fully developed to where I could have a conversation like I'm having one with you right now. But I was able to, to ask basic questions in order to keep learning more and more and more. So with a good mixture of basic knowledge when it came to the language and some sign language, um, I, I was able to start picking up on it a whole lot quicker. I think, I think after that, within a year or two, I was just, just hanging out with so many people and speaking it so frequently. Um, uh, I did join the soccer team, and most uh, of the soccer players were Middle Eastern and Asian uh, 
so the English was the one thing in common that we all had because like we all speak different languages right uh, so we all had to like <laughs> you know figure yeah. yeah find a way to make it happen in order to coordinate and communicate and, and make That's it, a massive make a team, team win. sport I mean and <clears throat> my my every day in school was like that like oh I'm gonna go to soccer so but I have to communicate with all these people and then I got P and then I have to communicate with all these people. So I think a year or two after that, I was able to pick up on the language a, a little better. Um, Were you a good student? No. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. No, I was a travel kid. Oh, I was. I was, would have never guessed that. I was a very bad <laughs> student. Good, good grades, I would say I had. What's weird is you're incredibly smart. The, <laughs> well, that's that's weird, and it's not. It's just like you got it, a lot of common sense. In my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna make more, I'm gonna make good grades, but I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do it I, my I, way. how am I gonna get in trouble? You know. So I would like, I would. There was. A oh, class. I don't speak English. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I no. I would. I would do. I would do. I was doing really bad things. I was um, stealing exams and selling them, and I was. Um, I was a little aggressive in the soccer team, so I would I would try to kill the goalie <laughs> with the soccer ball. Every, oh I, I was always like, yeah, I was like I was always like trying to shoot for his head, and he knew it. So every time I tried to score a goal, he would just move. Like he just, would just, just move. Score, dude. Uh, I mean, that's along like many other things, and you know, there was classes that I just wouldn't show up. And I would be doing something completely different. Yeah. But I would show up just for the main exams. <laughs> and I would pass. And it was, some people would get mad, like, especially the smart kids. And the you teachers? Know. Yeah, especially the kids. Yeah. They're like, he's not here. Like, he hasn't been here the whole week. And you're just going to give him a hundred. And <laughs> uh, it's like, I mean, that's, that's what he got on the exam. He and passed. I, yeah, and I would look at him and be like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, my fault. You here every week. I mean, every day, and you know, you get you get a fifty-five. <laughs> That's not my fault. Uh, oh, man. So that that was me in high school. I was I passed. Um, I was even exempt on a lot of my exams, but I was in trouble. And so that well, that mentality kind of went with you through. I mean, you went to culinary school for about a semester, right? I think uh, I think it was nine months. So a semester and a half. A semester and a half. Yeah. 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 Well, you feel, I think what you told me, you felt like, eh, that's pretty much all I need to know. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. There, I think there's always. Well, it's so expensive. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's always, there, there is always going to be a, um, a talk. Uh, um, maybe not nowadays. I don't hear about it anymore. But there's always going to be a discussion between should I go to culinary school or not. Yeah, that conversation happens a lot less now mm-hmm. for some reason. And I think back then, if we talk about eight, ten years ago, it was a big one. Like felt I felt like you, you had know? to go. Yeah, like a lot of people would say go. A lot like, of pressure. Why would you not go? Uh, yeah, I felt that as well. I mean, that's why I went. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a, for a time, when the Food Network really started to get ramped up, late 90s, early 2000s, Culinary school became one of the second biggest businesses in the United States. 
I mean, you had them popping up all over the place. There was Le Cordon Bleu, Johnson & Wales, CIA, the Art Institute, and then, you know, Nashville Tech started off, Vol State started offering classes, and it became huge, but it was just so freaking expensive to go. I mean, I'm, by the time I pay off my student loans, it'll be $147,000 to learn how to cook chicken and rice, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't take a deep dive into culinary. They give you this broad stroke of this is Asian cuisine, and it's not like you're studying China for six weeks. It's like all of the countries within Asia, which is pretty damn big. And so, you know, you're making shrimp curry one day. You're making wontons the next. You're making... Uh, Pilau, and I mean, you're all over the place. You don't. There's no chance to really get smart in one area in culinary school. It's not till you graduate and get a job, and you work for great people that you really start to hone your skills and figure out what in the world you want to do. And you've got quite an impressive resume. I feel like the uh, when it comes to that uh, conversation, that the main one, if I were to give an advice, which I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm the person to give an advice. Uh, but I think the main one to me, like, what people will always tell you, and it, it does make sense, is, like, what, you know, what's the worst that could happen if you go to school? I mean, you, you're going to go you learn. You lose a ton of money. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you're going to go learn, right? And you're like, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess there's nothing wrong with going to school. Uh, you could learn a whole lot more by just working under really good people. And getting paid. And getting paid. So that would be the first one. And that's not actually the advice. I, I think the best advice to give, and I think this is the biggest one, what I've seen throughout the years in my career is some people are not meant, but like I think you need to go get a job first. Before 100%. you Before you even make that big investment, because, like, you need to find out if this is for you or not. And it's you know? not for a lot of people. <clears throat> so before even considering culinary school, like, go work at a fast food establishment, establishment and you will, you will know the answer. You know, after a few weeks, you'll be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Because that's what I did before even going to school. You know, I, I worked in a restaurant. I went to school because I wanted to get better. Uh, but I worked in a few restaurants, and the first one, Right after the fifth night, I was like, I fell in love with it. It's like, I want to do this. I feel like I could be good at this. Um, Grease burns, cutting your finger off. You go home, you're like, man, that was awesome. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, there's it's a weird thing. There's something about it. Uh, and it's almost like love at first sight. You, you know it when you see it. I saw it. I didn't know anything. I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't even know how to run the dishwasher. I got called out, and I got caught, you know. They're like, hey, man, have you ever washed dishes before? And I just stood there, and I was like, it's too late to lie. You know, I know when it's too late to lie. I think you know the answer to that. And I was like, no. (laughs) And they they just gave me this look like, man, poor kid, do we let him stay? Do we fire him? (laughs) But I I was working my ass off every single day that I was in that building. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's what I would highly recommend. Before spending all that money, you can you can go work at a place and see if you're you know if that's what you want to do and if it's what you want to do. Obviously, in this career, there are so many paths that you, that you can follow. You know, you could be a pastry chef or you can be you can be a line cook. You know, a good line cook uh, and go home and clock out. Yeah, clock out. Go home and 
do your thing at home and ne- have like all the time in the world for yourself. Neither you nor I have that have that blessing anymore. No, I don't even sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, and that's kind of the point of that's the point of this whole thing is to talk to to, to bring light to the fact that as business owners and small business owners, it's such a sacrifice, and then you've got two little girls. Mm-hmm. and you're married, mm-hmm. and you've got a house, and you've got responsibilities. And so, you know, is there, as you're growing this, this baby business that you've brought into the <laughs> world, I mean, it didn't exist a year ago, right? It does now. It exists in so many places and so well that you're in, you're all over the city, right? You're at two farmer's markets. You're at Bloomsbury Farm on Fridays. You're at Bastion on Sundays and Mondays. I mean, you're, you're getting recognition. Your brand is growing. People love it. But how much is your family life suffering? A lot. A lot, right? But it's like, that's the dream. That's not for the family to suffer, obviously, but the, the dream is that you can build this thing that you're proud of, that you love, and you know, people say all the time they want a work-life balance. Well, the people that say that don't own a business. <laughs> <laughs> they get paychecks because there's no balance when you start this thing. No, I mean, I, I, and again, I'm, I, I'm not really, <coughs> I feel like I saw, I saw this picture on, on internet two days ago. and It was the, a business owner sitting in the middle of the hallway eating a cup of rice and like some leftover fish. And I think he made that comment on the picture like, hey, this is the reality, right? Uh, you, you might think, oh, he's a well-known chef and he's eating all this fancy food and the reality is that, no, there's, there's no time. So right. the, the, I'm, I'm eating the leftovers tonight. Uh, and then you see all these comments being aggressive like, yeah, that's like, People shouldn't be doing that to other people and, and whatnot. So I'm, I, I don't know. There's going to be always a battle out there. Like you shouldn't be working people that hard uh, and whatnot. And you should pay in more and et cetera. I, I'm choosing to do this. That's, that's the difference. Right. You know, and that's, that's what I saw on that picture. Like he's not making anyone work. No, it's he's, him. He's, it's it's him. him. That's him. Right. You know, like he's probably half – all this staff that works in the mornings, at nights, and they're working eight hours. Yeah, pays and, them and fairly. They, they don't work overtime. He's not working eight hours. Right. He's probably pulling 15. 15 16, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that's, that's what that picture reflects. You know, that's, that's what I do. There's been, um, you know, a couple of weeks that I'm, I just forget to eat because I'm just working, and I'm thinking about food, and I'm thinking about... Just uh, not the food that you're going to eat. <laughs> no, the food that <laughs> the food other people else are going to eat. And... Then I, I just, you know, I think about emails that I haven't responded yet. <laughs> Yelp reviews messages. from 2017. I'm like, oh, I have to do all these things. Uh, but I, I, I want to make it work, you know. I, I think, and again, like me saying that I, I don't sleep or I forget to eat, that's not, I'm not making those comments to make people feel like, oh, poor little poor thing. You know, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want you to feel like that about me. I'm fine, you know. I, I'm here talking to you. You know, I got, I got, the, I got the energy. Yeah. You know, if I need, if I, if I need to go sleep two hours to like gain a little more energy and then get back up, that's fine. I'm gonna do that. Uh, there's no complaints on my end. Right. You know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't need pitiness. 
out of anyone. <laughs> this is what um, it takes. Like, this is the grind. Exactly. And, and, and to to start a, any business, especially a restaurant, which is really all I can speak to, um, without having massive investors and huge loans and a massive amounts of debt or partners that really help fund it and get it going, to do it really as organically as you and I did, you know, to, to try to fund it yourself and build it yourself and do these things and like go in and out of people's kitchens and it's it's the hard way right because you're trying to grow this thing from scratch you're trying to do it as naturally as possible that's just not easy Mm -hmm. and you know again i think the the main um the main message that uh, after you know saying like how much sleep people get or i get i'll at least in my case, or how I forget to eat, like haven't seen my kids in a couple of days and whatnot. Uh, again, I choose to do this. Like no one is asking me to do it. I'm choosing to do it, and I'm 100% okay with doing it. And I think the biggest and most important part, at least on my end, I'm happy. Like I really am happy with what I do. That, I, that, that, that's worth a lot. That, that's, that's the main one and the biggest one. Like every time we're serving food to people, and, you know, hearing comments about how they like the whole menu or they have a few favorite ones and you see the same faces every week and whatnot, like, that makes me happy. Yep. And the food that we put out makes me happy. The prep that I do makes me happy. Everything about my day makes me happy. So I'm not, I'm not missing anything. It's hard to want to quit I'm not, that. I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm working, but most of the time it feels like I'm not. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... I think that that would be the, the biggest message here. Uh, there was a lot of times that I was making dishes and I was making food for other people. And I wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, working for other people's stuff. Uh, I haven't done that in seven years. And, it's, uh, you know, I've been offered to do it. And it's, it's hard to want to say yes to that. Um, but there's, you know, I, I remember... I had a job in 2009 after I graduated culinary school. I was selling <coughs> frozen food to other restaurants. I got paid $60,000 a year. I got a car allowance. I got a cell phone allowance. It was a great job, like, as far as the numbers go. But I hated every minute of it. I mean, <laughs> I hated it. I was like, man, I just graduated culinary school, and I'm selling frozen mashed potatoes to these mom-and-pop restaurants. What am I doing with my life? And I literally quit it to take an internship making $0 an hour because the quality of life, it mattered more. I just, I can't sit there and be miserable. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So what's been the hardest obstacle for you in the last year? Other than navigating a major pandemic, obviously, <laughs> what do you think has been the hardest thing for you to, to, to learn, to implement? Uh, I mean, there's obviously a, a lot of, things right and a lot of self-teaching that comes along with that uh, you know myself I'm not the kind of guy that wants to sit behind a computer and do things on the computer no whatever that is you know it doesn't have to be excel or anything specific just the thought of sitting behind a computer oh, it it's annoying and it's boring and I can't do it longer than five or ten minutes but I have to do it. 
I, I just want to cook. <laughs> like <laughs> honestly, I just I just want to cook. Just want to make good food, and then give it to people. Like honestly, that's all I really want to do. But yeah, I mean that would be. Uh, the way to say it, there's a lot, but they all merge into one. I think being the guy that does everything, that's that's the biggest, you know. It's hard. Yeah, because that's one. Another one would be social media, you know. I do my own social media. Super important, but it takes a lot of time. It takes. It takes. It takes a lot of time. And it was taking me a little longer in the beginning uh, just because I, I, social media, it's one of the things that I did not care for much before I liberate him. It's an evil necessity. I would just post a picture of me riding my motorcycle, and that's it. Like, I just want to post it because, like, if I lose this picture, I know I would have it somewhere, <laughs> and I can find it. It's in the cloud. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah you know, it's, it's somewhere where I can find it. But, like, I would not do hashtags or tag people. Like, I just didn't know any of those things. Right. But then once, uh, op- once I opened a Libreje, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, how is people going to know what I'm doing? So, it's yeah, free. we, we got to have an account. And I did open an account. And I think in the beginning, or maybe somewhere, not midway, but a few months in, I was thinking to myself, how do, how do I engage with people? How do I get people to, to look at this page and... And, you know, give, give, give me a try. You know, at least try it once or whatnot. And, yeah, that, that just that didn't go well. I realized that, one, I didn't want to think about it so much. You know, I, I hate being fake. I don't like being fake. That would be the biggest one. Which uh, most people are on social media. I couldn't do it. Like, oh, well, if I say this. How do I say uh, it properly without making somebody feel bad? And I, it was just like I was overthinking it so much. And I hated it. Like, I can't do this. So now I just say whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> and it just works. It it's, work. it, it's magic. And I'm not saying that it's magic uh, in a way that uh, our social media is better than before it is it is it, it, but it takes less effort because you're not trying to figure out a way <coughs> to not be you mm-hmm. and it's just whatever i'm feeling that day you know and I, m- most days i'm feeling like saying something stupid so i'm just gonna say it you know uh and i think uh yeah it, it just not now i'm actually having fun <clears throat> when i'm posting anything because i'm i'm laughing i'm laughing inside when i'm posting it like there's a post uh, from a couple of days ago, and I was like, "We're gonna serve pollo asado," and then there's like a little hand, and it says pollo means chicken, and then I just continue with everything, and salsa means salsa, and that's <laughs> that. And the whole time I'm laughing inside, thinking, "I wonder who's gonna read this and be like, I, I know what salsa we know is. What it is. We man. know what that is. <laughs> Easy way. Uh, I mean, you posted one the other day that was the." Uh, the Mexican apple pies, and then the next post, you were like, "Nah, I'm just kidding. There's nothing Mexican about these things. Just come eat them." Well, I was when I was when I was posting that one, I was laughing because like a lot of people make dishes, and they put like one Mexican thing. So like the apple pies, it could be like Mexican ap- chocolate, Mexican, know, Mexican cinnamon, Mexican cinnamon. <laughs> Most of the time, they go with that uh, Mexican cinnamon, and but they call it um, the, the Spanish word canela. Uh, apple pies made with canela, 
and something else, right? Like uh, abuelita chocolate. Oh, it's Mexican. Oh, man, I got to get like, that. No, nah, no, it's not. <laughs> so I was, I was actually being sarcastic about, you know, people that do that. Uh, but obviously, I'm not. Uh, it's uh, still funny. I'm not going to pick on that. I was dying. I thought it was specific. funny. It is funny because the Mexican cinnamon was in it. Well, like, what's that going to do? It's not going to make it Mexican, though. Still an apple pie. So you, uh, <laughs> you've got your own tortilla thing going on here, which is... A mm-hmm. lot of work to make a tortilla when most people go to Costco or Sam's and pick up bulk tortillas. You are bringing in heirloom corn from Oaxaca? Yeah, Oaxaca now we're getting some corn from, uh, from Mexico City as well. And you are nixtamalizing it, mm-hmm. which I'm going to let you explain that process. I, uh, and then you are grinding and you are making fresh tortillas for every single taco and every single sope and every single borrache, all of it. It's a lot of work. Every single little thing. Yeah. Yeah. What made you want to do that? Why? Why all the effort <laughs> for a $3, $4 thing? I think that's uh, – I, I think I mentioned something about this in the, be, in the beginning of uh, this podcast. Uh, when I was talking about Mexico City and the street food vendors and whatnot uh, – What's been happening in Mexico recently, people are not making fresh masa anymore, and they're doing what's been happening here for years, right? Like, they just go to the store and get store-bought tortillas from uh, Walmart. Uh, So one was having the flashbacks about food being done the right way. The main component on what we do on Alebreje it's the masa or the corn and how we make corn. That, that would be the main thing. Obviously, we use it in different ways. We make misos out of it. We make koji. We make tempura crunches with masa too. I mean, at that point, they wouldn't be called tempura. But I mean, that's just like techniques that I use nowadays. And I think the main one was when you try food the right way and for you to try it the right way, then it needs to be, it needs to be real corn. It needs to be real tortillas. I think it's just completely different. There is no way that I, we could set ourselves apart if we're not doing it that way. Oh, I agree. And it's not the reason is not to set us apart. The reason is to do it the right it's way. It's the right way. It's the right way. It's it's a tradition. Which is more than likely the hard way. Yeah, I mean it's it's a tradition that's been getting lost, even in the country that I was born in, Mexico. That that's is. Shame. And I, it, it was a necessity of bringing it back. That's one. And two, share with the world what I have eaten in the past. Share with the world what a real taco tastes like. And, and change that mentality. Change the mentality of, well, I'm going to pay a dollar for a taco. And it's like, I mean, yeah, there are places you can go and pay a dollar for a taco. But we want to change the mentality of, uh, you know, and, and the dollar taco is just an example. Uh, but I think we've know. cheapened. A lot of Americans, especially, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but especially in the South, like we're so used to Mexican food being cheap. And the idea that it's, that it's not throws people for a loop. And it's, you don't have to have a taco that costs 2 or $3. If you're going to spend that much time, and the, the flavor and the texture difference between a, a tortilla that you make versus one that's bought at a grocery store, 
You can't even compare the two. Yours is deep in flavor. It doesn't tear and rip. You don't have to have two tortillas to hold your taco together. It's got structure. It's got integrity. It's got flavor. It's got nuance. It's, it's got life. And, you know, the, the taco is, is a good example of a, a bigger uh, maybe issue. I don't know if that would be the proper word. But in my mind was it was like I want to change everyone's men- mentality of uh, Mexican food is cheap. You just mentioned that. Or uh, I, dr- I eat Mexican food when I'm drunk, right? So it's drunk people food. Or it, all this mentality that's that happens or maybe globally looking at the bigger picture i wanted to change that whole mentality i wanted to show people a different side of mexican food uh and there's dishes that we make you know like i mean you've seen the menu on at bastion we got tacos so i enjoy tacos and i i we serve the tacos like i would eat them so you're not gonna see a taco with a bunch of microgreens and shave this and shave that, making it look something that is not, you know, it's going to have the components that we feel like it needs to yeah, be a really raw, good taco. Raw white onion and I mean, yep. it's, it's salsa. You know, some it's, shaved radishes yep. or, and whatnot. It's delicious. But there's no com- there's not a component on there that we're going to use for the sake of, uh, well, we're going to change everyone's mentality by adding micros to it and it's going to look cool. Uh, we... we don't cook like that. You know, we got tacos on the menu because I really love tacos. And we serve the tacos the way I would get them. And I think they're really good tacos. And then we have dishes like the sope and the huarache that I feel like we can go a little more crazy or different or experiment. So then we do, I mean, the, the first pop-up that we did here at Dallas and Jane, we did, uh, I think it was uh, Serrano and then we did it ramps on our huarache. And I think that was the f- very first dish that I was like, oh, this is a perfect platform to, yeah, that's to not play around with. Right. And it, it's not, but like everything else on there, like the beans and the red chorizo and the potatoes, uh, you know, they're traditional. And those things, I mean, ramps are ramps. They're, they, they were on season back then. I mean, even now, yeah. it's been it's been a close to a year. <laughs> I'm not buying uh, 140 dollars <laughs> for the ramps though. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I think, I think that was the side of. Uh, I think that's what I wanted to showcase with Alebrije. I, th- I think Alebrije is. It, it's always going to be 100 percent authentic because it's it's my food. It's what I grew up eating. It's. And not just my food, it's like all these people, people, food and, and experiences that they have had in the past, they use, <clears throat> there's just no one cooking it, you know? So when you cook it and they have it, they're like, you take them back, and that's the best feeling. And there's also this part of Alebrije that's going to be a little experimental and say, well, what if I do this and take that and then do something else and how's it going to taste, you know? And if it's, if it doesn't work out and if it's not a good te- technique that fits with uh, traditional Mexican food, then you just go back to the same dish and it's fine. But I, I just, I think with, uh, with the way I cook, I just can't help myself from 
not doing those things and and just thinking, well, I'm just gonna, <laughs> you know, cook meat and put it on tortillas and add a little salsa to it and leave, yeah, you'd leave, be it, a, leave it at that. You'd be in a creative <laughs> coma if you couldn't play around and experiment and <laughs> make weird stuff. I mean, that's just that's just part of who you are. You want to be creative. That's that's. I mean, that's why you're good at what you do. It's got to be fun. You got to have it fun. It does. I miss putting food on plates. It's it's weird. It's been a weird, <clears throat> been a weird year. I mean, that was. Uh, I I'm trying to remember the first time that we were able to put food on plates. I mean, we're still not doing food on actual plates. Yeah, it's like still to go boxes. Little, little takeout uh, boats. And it's uh, really hard to get the <clears throat> you know the aesthetic that you want. I mean, the first thing that you eat with is obviously your eyes, and so. There's some it, something is it takes it away that you have to like open a clamshell, a styrofoam clamshell to reveal the food, and then if you don't open it up and you get it home, you know all the elements have like slid all over the box, and so you're looking at this. Well, this is a deconstructed warache. Well, it's what it's we're a call. nacho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, but your food is your food is beautiful, and it's you know it is Mexican food, it is Mexican street food. But you still do it with class. You don't just slop. It's not slop and go with you. It's it's detailed. And your one thing I could say about your food is that, which I really tried to do the same thing. It's I want the food to look like it did in the picture that I posted to show you what this is. Because a lot of times people, you know, we post pictures of our new items, new elements. This is this is going to be the scallop dish. This is going to be the new sope or whatever. I want it to look when I get it. The way it looked when I saw it on Instagram. And most people don't look like they do when you see them on in real life mm-hmm. versus Instagram. And so you're like, who are you? Dude, we're friends on Facebook. Dude, you don't look anything like your profile picture. <laughs> but I don't, you know, you're getting catfished. <clears throat> I don't want to be catfished with my food. I want to see if that's what I bought because I saw it. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see when I open my, when I see my plate. Mm-hmm. You do a great job at that. Like the, the asparagus placement with the radish placement, it's almost identical to the picture. It's like you're looking at the photo and going, that goes there. All right, now put that one there. <laughs> and your food just tastes, I mean, your food is amazing. It tastes, it just tastes, it's clean. It tastes great. And you don't, you don't feel bad after you eat it, which a lot of Mexican, you feel really bad after you eat it. Yeah, you're like, ugh. Oh, I need to take man, a nap. Yeah, you don't, yours is not like that. It's, you know, clean, fresh, quality ingredients coming straight out of a farm 20 minutes away. That's hard work. Thank you. It's hard work. All right, uh, I got three questions for you, and we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Oh, man, don't make them weird. Oh, they're super not weird. Um, okay, I'll give you a rundown, and then I'll go one by one. <clears throat> Three things you can't live without, two things you use every day, and the single best piece of advice you've ever been given. So first things first, three things that you cannot live without. Family. I don't know about the other two. These can be stupid. Like I mean, your I don't want to say things like phone. You know? We know. I mean, it's, hey, look, if, if you need that to connect, if that's your thing to survive and to grow your business, that's something that you legitimately can't live without. There's more to life than... than you know, than that, so... There is. I would say family, friends, and being healthy, so... I think we all take that for granted. Yeah. Until we're at a place where we're scrambling for doctor's help, you know? Yep. 
You're either going to pay for your wellness now or you're going to pay for your illness later. You get to pick. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, two things that you use every single day. That I use? Every single day. Let's see. No, it can be phone. like phone. <laughs> you know, that's, a good pla- that's a good placement for phone. Phone and car. Definitely transportation. It's good to have mm-hmm. that. All right, the single best piece of advice you've ever been given. That I've ever been given. If you can nail one down, you can give me a few if you remember any any advice that's ever been given to you that's really challenged you or pushed you or made you change the way you view life, your work ethic, anything like that? Uh, there's a few. Uh, I'm trying to think of the of maybe the, the main one or main two. Uh, I, th- I think there was a... I think there was, I mean, I feel like we all been to, through all these places or kitchens where you, you mention an order, you make good money, but you just fucking hate it, right? Uh, I think whenever you run into that issue, the best advice, which it was given to me one day, uh, being happy is more important than money. I still believe that. If if I was to work for someone else nowadays, it doesn't matter what the money looks like. You know, especially nowadays, there's plenty of people out there paying money. Oh, they, yeah. And they feel like the answer is the money. You know, they're like, they're dicks at the restaurants, and now they want to fix things by paying up money, and that's not what you do. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know who you are. <laughs> kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Uh, but you know, not I, really. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, not really. I, I'll tell you after after the interview. Just kidding. Uh, but but I mean, I feel that that applies to your life in general. You know. Well, I mean, if, what's the point in having a bunch of money if you're not happy? If if you're surrounded that by friends that you do not like, fucking dump them out. Bye. You know. Uh, same goes to a relationship. Same goes to to a work or a job. It's a relationship at the end of the day. It's a place where you're going to be every single day. And, you know, I think that was the best advice given to me. And I would, I would live my life based on, on that advice every day. Uh, life is too short to be miserable. And, you know, if I'm going to be in someone's building or business every single day, i got to make sure that I'm happy. It's okay if you can only pay me so much. I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with making less money and being at a place where I feel happy. Right. And, yep, that's, that's, the, that, that's the advice. Be happy. The thing that I used to tell everybody <clears throat> when I was interviewing them was <clears throat> the day that you wake up and you say, I have to go to work versus I get to go to work, then you should start thinking about a new place to work because that feeling of dread – Putting on your shoes, I gotta go to work. That's the worst. It's the worst. It's, you, the whole day is ruined when you think about I'm about to go somewhere that I hate for the entire day with no end in sight, and and hate it the whole time. And you're like, I'm gonna see this guy and that one guy and that other girl. Ugh, I don't want to do it at all. Go. Yeah, I mean, it just throws your whole day off. Now imagine if it's if it's a completely opposite, and if it's like school. It's like that was the feeling. Like every time we had long vacations and I was back in school, I was like, I'm going to see 
all my friends and we're gonna play soccer. Yep. It's gonna be fun. I haven't been back to school in two months. I'm so excited. Yeah, that was my four-year-old yesterday. He's like, oh, Daddy, we got a bouncy house, and Jack's going to be there, and, and Riley's going to be there, and ooh, 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 ooh. And I, <laughs> you know, he's like, I got a snow cone. Oh, my God, I got Tiger's blood snow cone. Oh, my God, Daddy. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so glad you had such a good day. I'm like, <laughs> I washed a bunch of dishes. I cut up some chicken, and I made some rice. And, <laughs> I mean, I worked all day long. But I love, like, I couldn't, I don't know that I could do, I mean, I could do this for a living, but I don't, I'm not really good at anything else anymore because I've spent so much time and energy focusing on one thing, but you know, all I know is how to cook at this point. That's it. I can cook <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's about it. As long as you're happy, you know, that's uh, all you can be. I it, mean, it, I mean, every now and then you're going to have a, a bad there day. are bad days. And that's the one thing that I've often told people as well is like you can't equate one bad day, one bad shift, one bad week doesn't mean you have a bad job. It just means you had a bad day. There, there's always going to be those moments of, oh man, I messed that up or my boss got mad at me or this sucks or that sucks. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have a bad job. It just means things aren't running on all eight cylinders right now. It's just life. I mean, it is. you have... Bad days without having a job, yeah, right? Friends fight, <laughs> marriages fight, people fight. You got to push through those things. And a lot of times I've found out that when you have those hard conversations, those awkward conversations with your friends, your coworkers, your whatever, generally if you can both push through those things, you come out on the other side a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Most people, a lot of people aren't willing to fight for things anymore. It's just easier to cut and run. <clears throat> but if you don't, most times you'll wind up with a better relationship. I agree with that. So, Alabrije, delicious, high-class, highfalutin Mexican food <laughs> in tiny, tiny bites that is delicious. Check him out. He's on Instagram, Facebook. He's at Bastion on Sundays and Mondays, the Richland Farmer's Market. On Saturdays. Saturdays, which they have a wonderful spread of farmers and producers. Levon Wallace, Fat Belly Pretzels there. You're there grilling chicken and making beans and cabbage and all kinds of goodies. And uh, I had no idea Tyler Lee was helping you. I didn't know that until. He, he was there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that's who that was until I got home and then clicked it all together. Because I don't think I've ever met him, but we follow each other on Instagram. And then he posted that he was helping you on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's who that was. <laughs> Damn, I should have said hi. Uh, anyway, uh, it's great stuff. I am uh, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. It's not been easy. And you're killing it. So I can't wait to see what the future is. Hell yeah. Yeah.